and welcome back to the sporting lounge today is december 5th 2023 hope you guys had a great thanksgiving or that might have been two weeks ago i don't know uh, <laughs> anyways <laughs> who needs week, th- week 13 nfl football here we are going to talk about that um don't forget to give us a like, comment, subscribe, a follow, whatever. Uh, over at twitch.tv slash information is me. We got a Facebook group called The Sporting Lounge. Go ahead, hit us up on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your podcast. And with that being said, let's go ahead and start our week with... Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's an Eiffel ball. Seattle mm-hmm. against Dallas. Dallas yeah. won... 41 to 35. Nailbiter. It was definitely nailbiter. This is one I, that I could see going either way because Seattle has, I just believe, the weapons to compete mm-hmm. with Dallas. Yep. But ultimately, I thought Dallas would win. Yeah, you predicted uh, 42-24 this week. I predicted 37-2. Yeah, so. like, like I said, like I, I thought they had the, the weapons. I just didn't think Geno Smith would play to that level. Yeah. This game, but he did. Hell, he did. Three hundred thirty-four passing yards. DK Metcalf, hundred thirty-four yards. He had. I forgot what the stat was, but in like the first quarter, or maybe it was the first half, he had like ninety-five percent of his yards and one touchdown. Yeah. And the second half, he had the rest, but in and two touchdowns. Yeah, which is kind of funny to me. That is a I mean, weird stat. So if you started him, you're you're ecstatic. Yeah. So happy. Same 100%. thing with same thing with Juno Smith or really Dak Prescott for that matter too as well. What are your thoughts about it? Do you think it'd be this close or I was thinking it was going to be like Dallas's game pretty handedly. You know. As I said, nail biter. Dallas moves up to nine three, so they are in the elite talks with their contemporaries currently in the NFC. And I, they're making it so you can't debate it. Um, especially being in a division with the Eagles. And now there's a chance they just go ahead and take the division over. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy. You know, so um, with that being said, going over all the stats, Geno Smith, yeah, three for one. You know, you're happy about that. Dak Prescott going three for zero. You know, I, I definitely would have started Dak Prescott this week. That's what I was saying last week. Um, Dak Prescott's just been putting on a fucking clinic. And everybody just loves to hate him, but he's really productive in fantasy, and he's really productive in real life, too. Um, you know, I didn't think it's, I didn't think it was going to be this close. But, um, yeah, you know, a lot of fantasy gems came out of this game. So you had Zach Charbonnet, who was a guy that we were talking about possibly picking up off waivers and you get him, you know, Zach Charbonnet alone was worth what, you know, like almost one yard off of a hundred yard game total scrimmage on a catch. Touchdown worth about about sixteen points. Yeah. So solid. solid. Uh Tony Pollard, you know Tony Pollard having a very similar type performance. Uh, just real solid all around. You know, any, anybody you could have started in this game, 
you're really happy about. So moving forward, do you think do you think the Seahawks keep this efficiency on their offensive side of the ball? And does Dallas uh, continue to be able to play at this level? Um, I personally think that Dallas is going to be able to play at this level uh, moving forward. What about you, Austin? I think so. And um, a lot of people are, are putting him in the MVP conversation and saying that he should even be the favorite. I think so. How do you think about that? You think he's like the runaway favorite, or you think he has some close competition? And who? And if CJ Stroud, that, who? Who? Okay. CJ Stroud, Jalen Hurts. That's that's the two to it. Brock Purdy's in the conversation, but I don't think he's up there with them. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. obviously, just because he's Patrick Mahomes. It's just that name thing. Is it? Um, yeah, man. I don't know about any other MVPs. What about you? I know it, it's your the two people you named first. Like I want to put Brock Purdy up there too as well, but he just hasn't done enough okay. to, to get that right. Um, but also he got put in for the as a finalist for Rookie of the Year. So who the hell knows? You know, um, but no, I I think it's really the that way Dak Prescott is playing right now. He's the runaway favorite. And he should be. An argue, and then you can make an argument for Cedar Shroud next after that. Then I then I think third should be Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts. I don't know, man. They just lost this week, which we'll end up getting into that. But you know. It's crazy because every time we talk about MVP conversation, a player that should be involved um, never gets brought up. Justin Hurt, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, um, just was part of a shutout against the Patriots. Yes, best best quarterback in NFL. One of the best. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> I mean, he's had a pretty good regular season, so I could understand the argument. <laughs> um, but it, it's just one of those things like the Heisman, right? Similar to Heisman in, in, in this sense for MVP. Like, if you're not on a winning team, one of the top... You don't teams, deserve it. It's good. Yeah, inherently, that's what people say. That that was the, like one of the big arguments against to go to basketball real quick, Luca. Yep. Right? Is because the Mavs weren't a good team or didn't have a really winning record. They're floating between the eighth and ninth seed. And I think that's probably why Justin Herbert's not in that conversation. He's yeah. overlooked because of that. It's unfortunate because he's been playing really good. You know, when you have he says three thousand yards on a year, twenty touchdowns, six interceptions. Projected over four K. Right. Projected good T D A interception ratio, almost passing at seventy percent completion rate. Which is good. Yeah, he's projected to have a 65.6. He has, currently has a 65.6 as well. So it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not surprised he didn't have a spectacular game. I am surprised it was 6-0, to zero, though. That I am surprised about. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I, I, thought, 
I thought it would have been a little bit higher scoring of a, of a game. <laughs> yeah, bro. I had faith but, in the past this week. I bet that they were going to win 17 to 11. You were saying 34 to 10. Yeah, for the Chargers. Yep. Yeah, ain't no way I was betting on the Patriots, even though they're my favorite team. Hey, bro. That'd be so wild. Hey, bro. What? They they just needed one touchdown and they would have won. Pending PAT. One touchdown. Yeah. Your your boy finally got the start, too. I know, bro. I was hoping Bailey Zappi would lead him to victory. He didn't throw any picks. He's supposedly going to be the starter going forward. Yep. Good move. From, good move. from what the reports are saying. There's nothing that's, that's a good move. really official. I don't know about good move, but it is a move to make. Hey, man, I fuck with it. They're feeding the ball to Ezekiel Elliott, although he didn't have any touchdowns on the day. He did have four receptions, 40 yards. On the ground, he toted the rock for 52 yards in total, uh, making 92 yards for scrimmage, no TDs with one reception. So, solid day on the ground and through the air for Ezekiel Elliott. Um, what are you thinking about that? I'm thinking I wish for Madre did it get hurt. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking I wish. Um, I like having Zeke back there because he's just another, I think he's the RB2 in that backfield, or the 1B, to remind you, is 1A. Yeah, yeah and he's he's a great change of pace back and a great back to just have in there when he needs a breather, or reminder he needs a breather. And then, of course, if he gets hurt, you got a an amazing backup that can carry the workload, and he can be that workhorse for you if needed. So... I mean, obviously, it's not the the show you wanted from the team as a whole, and I think they have a lot to figure out on offense, and that they need to invest heavily in an offense this offseason. Are we in for serious trouble? Yeah, I agree. Because you know, like when Devontae Parker is your best receiver, think something's wrong. We're not talking about prime Devontae Parker either. We're talking about ancient Devontae Parker. Old man Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old man Parker. Still cooking, though, with four receptions on nine targets at 64 yards. He he do be doing something. Quinn Johnson had himself, like, his first average game. Yep. Five receptions, 52 yards, worth 10 points. That first round draft pick's really paying off for all those dynasty owners. Yeah, the good old 242 yards in the touchdown on the year. So great. Mm-hmm. Big, big stonks. Keenan Allen's doing Keenan Allen things, just having himself an average week. Five receptions, 50, 58 yards, worth about the same as Quinn Johnson. Uh, Eckler was horrible on the day. 14 carries, 18 yards. Um, he did tote in the ball through the air two times for nine receiving yards. Um, you know, it was just an ugly game, man. No touchdowns, right. nothing. Just it was, it was two not field pretty. goals, man. I'm saddened by it. I at least expect him. I just don't know if there's a Patriots defense that was that good, or the Chargers offense was just that bad. Are you letting William make it that? Um, because the the Patriots I think it's the Chargers' offense just being that bad. 
I could agree with that. I'm with it. Yeah, because you saw um, like for the Chargers' offense, you saw several drops too as well. Yeah, a couple from Quinn Johnson. With that. yeah, like I think Mike Williams being down is a big detriment to the team because you know Mike Williams, although he hasn't had the production that we've been hoping for, the big thing with him is you know he gives Keenan Allen that easy they can't just double him and throw a safety on the top of him. You got to watch Mike Williams or else he'll burn you on the deep end, you know? Right. It's just one of those things where, like, fundamentally Mike Williams did a lot for that team that Quinn Johnson just wasn't drafted to do. Quinn Johnson was drafted to be, like, kind of a Keenan Allen replacement. So, like, at this juncture, I wouldn't call him a bust or anything, just he's, it's not his year. You know, maybe next year he'll see more snaps, but yeah, it's like he's he's more of an really, X type receiver. Yeah, and you can't really call a rookie a bust after a, a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very much against that. I think they deserve at least two full years before that conversation even starts. Pretty much, and, and we all knew that he was the number number three receiver in that offense, right? Mm-hmm. Possibly number four if you want to account for the tight end. So I was like, I think he had probably too much. Too high of expectations coming into the season because he was drafted in the first round. But you also got to realize the team and the players that were ahead of them that are still ahead of. Right, so what about the end of, players drafted after him? Yeah, like what, like Puka and whoever else, Zay Flowers. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Quinn Johnson to the moon, my guy. To the moon. Crack, 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 crack. To the moon, man. To the moon. I'll die on that hill. Just kidding. I won't. I won't. Puka's been a baller. But I also think... Do you think Puka's just that good, or he got aided by uh, Cooper Cup being out for a while? No, I think Puka's that good. He's he's had a few good games since since that happened. Right. So, you know, like, he's proven. Or is it just Matthew Stafford is still that good low-key? Because he's supporting three receivers right now, basically. Yeah, like, you know, like, Cooper Cup, is he as good of a receiver as he's being right now in L.A. without Matthew Stafford? Maybe. Like, you could see that. Mm -hmm. But then randomly Puka, which we have no other film on, uh, I don't know. And what about Tutu? Like, I don't know either, you know? It's a toss-up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, pretty much, I'm pretty much done talking about the Chargers-Patriots game. Not much to talk about there. I, th- I think by the end of next season, though, we'll, we'll see Quinn Johnson coming to his own. Yeah. What's the name? Um, we're gonna move on to Lions at New Orleans. Ooh. Yeah. Can't remember what I called for this game. So you called this week twenty seven fourteen Lions. I called thirty seventeen Lions. Okay. Definitely a lot closer. 
a little bit closer. Yeah. Yeah, this was a fucking... Oof. Close one. Yeah, let's see. Jared Goff, you know, had 16 and 25, 213 yards, two touchdowns. Jumair Gibbs, eight carries, 60 yards. David Montgomery leading the way again, 18 carries, about only 56 yards and a touchdown. And then Sam Laporta had made himself a day. Nine receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Consistent. He's he's balling out as a tight end, man. I don't know what to say. Amon Ra had, had... He's worth 34 day. points this week, bro. And then Amon Ra, two catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Are so, you surprised with Laporta's rise? I was expecting him to be good. I wasn't expecting him to be this good. Because it's not often you see tight ends come out the gate like this. Yeah. It almost feels like since day one, he was just on fire. Yeah. You know. He's he's just a dominant force. I agree. He's insanely talented. Um, he's just got that it factor at tight end. Um, you know, I think realistically going into next year in fantasy, he should be looked at above Mark Andrews. So you think like tight end three, top three. Yes, I'm good. Mm. You know, I think I could agree with that. Only because Andrews is coming off an injury. But I mean, and he's getting old. Even if Andrews wasn't coming off injury, you still have an argument to to make for the party to be over him. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Kittle fell out of the top two next season. And the Laporta jumps up to that number two. And obviously that's Kittle at number one, but you know, I just don't think that's gonna change. What do you um where do you view like Michael Mayer and the dude book that Bill was drafted and that's how they rankings? Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, that guy. Thank you. I would say Mayers are probably around seventeen, eighteen. Um, something that he's very effective on is getting to assignments, not just on blocking assignments. You hear getting to assignments a lot on blocking tight ends. Mm-hmm. But with Mayer, what I like is, you know, he gets out on his route on a good release, goes ahead and gets turned around on a lot of curl routes, gets good block release routes. He's the whole package. So when we talk in fantasy, we're thinking like probably somewhere between 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think he has the dynamic playmaking factor to be able to do that at a higher higher level, even at a level like a Pat Fryermuth or a Mike Gazaxi. Gazaxi. Yeah. There we go. Gazaxi. Yeah. That's the name now. So <laughs> yeah. We're rocking it. Um But I do think that he is going to stay at that comfortable like rosterable tight end spot, especially if you're a type of player that streams tight ends. Um, I think you can catch him in a, in a couple of good matchups now moving mm-hmm. forward. And the next couple of seasons, I think his value will rise to that Pat Fryermuth low top 10 area. I think that that's where he's going to end up settling in the future years. Laporta, I think in future years, is going to be a top three tight end. So, yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. So it's like if you can see Kincaid, Kincaid, by the way. 
probably below 25. So that's why I kind of just swerved around it. Yeah. I mean, he's talented. He's just hasn't been getting those looks or targets or, or really anything. And, and that bells off. I mean, he doesn't get open. Like, Laporte is one of those guys where, like, his price is only going to keep increasing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just have to either decide, because at this point in the season, you're going to, he's going to be expensive. Yeah. He's going to be pricey. And most, most trading has to be done. Yeah. Um, and, trade deadline's probably over for, in all leagues. Yeah. So that, so I mean, if you need tight end that bad, you can bite the bullet in the offseason to trade for him. But like that, that price is not going to be pretty. And so, like, no, it's you, he's one of those people that you've had to, but there's really never a sell low for. It was always a sell high. Yeah. And in the price for the next five years. Going up. Years. Yeah. And the prices will keep going up, I think. Eventually, it will plateau and say the same, but... Is he worth the first round? He's worth multiple first rounds. I would say. If you could get him for just one first round and you say no, especially in a dynasty league, you're dumb. Like, that, that is a that is a good deal. You take that. What what do you think is a fair price for Sam Laporta? Because I, I agree on one first round. I don't agree on multiple first rounds. I'm thinking like a first, maybe a third, maybe a bench tech player instead. Mm. I mean, look, I would, I would probably be willing to pay two first for him. So, how much would you be willing to pay for Tua Tonga by Loa? Well, because like through this season, right? Like 91 receptions, 100, or no, sorry, 64 receptions, 86 targets. Almost 700 yards, six touchdowns. I think this is just things to come for Laporta, right? So the price is going to fluctuate depending on how many people love Sam Laporta or and how much they love him. So like to a like couple first because he's still young and he's good and he's got a great offense. Two first round picture Tua. Like, because you tell based, up, based off of my team and the way I need quarterback, I would probably do it. So you you put it at the same price. You put Laporta at the same price as Tua. Yeah, except I'd be willing to pay more for one of them. You'd be willing to pay more for Laporta. I don't know. Is that who I'm talking about? <laughs> who are you talking about? One of them I'd be okay paying more for. No, I, I, I'd be okay paying more for Laporta, just because I have Mark Andrews, right, as my starting tight end. Sure, but it just makes more sense and, in general for owners. In general, I would, I'd pay more for for Tua because that quarterback position I think is is more needed and mm-hmm. more beneficial and more valuable than the tight end spot. So I would pay more for Tua. Over Laporta so, any day of the week. Generally, what would you pay for Laporta? Generally, so like in a dynasty, a first and a mid bench player. So, so we're right on the same page. And then in like a redraft or keeper league, couple mid 
maybe a high to high level player, something like that. Yeah. Would you um, give up Montgomery for Laporta? It depends on who my other running backs are. For that, you know, because like if he's like my he's like if he's like my fourth string running back or third string running back, and then if I have like someone like Montgomery at tight end or some shit like that, I'd be okay doing like a some kind of deal for Sam Laporta. Yeah. To get Dave Montgomery, you know, something like that. It, it just depends. You know, Taysom Hill, he's an interesting player, isn't he? He's average. <laughs> he's okay. I mean, towed the ball 13 times, got 59 yards and a touchdown, 0 for 2 on his passing times. But, he did catch the ball two times for 15 yards. I mean, he just continues to do it all. You know, gone are the days where you could play Taysom Hill at quarterback, tight end, or running back in fantasy. Yeah. And and those are my favorite days where he'd be the starting quarterback, but for some reason I could start him at tight end. Those were great days. Because he was listed as a tight end. It stuck his foot in there. That, was, that shit was amazing. Yeah. So, he is currently set as a wide receiver in fantasy, I believe. Mm. Or tight end. Taysom Hill was 0 for 2 passing as well. Thanks, so sad. Derek Carr, so 17 of 22 for 226. One touchdown, one interception. I believe he got injured a little late in the game. Taysom Hill's listed as a tight end or QB. Oh hell yeah! So you could okay. you could still a little finagle. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he's had uh, two twenty-two point games this season, and he's coming off a fifteen point four one right now. Do you think they win the game if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt? Yeah. Do you think the Lions are posers? I think they're not a legit team. Like a legit threat. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I, I don't think they're a legit threat. When they get, when some plays on the playoffs, I don't think they're going to be scared. They're like, just going to be like, oh, it's the Lions. Yeah, I think they're really yeah. a good football team, and they got a bright future ahead of them, especially with Dan Campbell as, a, as the coach. But currently for this year, I think they're just... Another playoff team. Not a real threat. And they'll do a little damage in the playoffs, but not a lot. Anything else you want to say on that game? No, just that I wish the Lions lost. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been one. I don't know why. I've just always been rooting for their downfall, man. It's toxic, bro. That's because your team's bad. It, It is toxic. But you know what? I'm okay with this. And, you know, I was watching this Falcons-Jets game live. I wasn't really paying attention to any other scores until after the games. So it was to my shock that there was a shittier offensive performance other than this game. But holy fuck, you want to talk about just bad, boring football. Yeah. Dude, Tim Boyle got released. Yep. 
They just said, fuck anything. And then Aaron Rodgers came out in defense of Zach Wilson. Yep. Which I thought was pretty cool. But it's just hilarious to me that a few days after the game, not even a few days, it was a couple days, they released Tim Boyle, who was their starting quarterback. So now it looks like it's going to be Zach Wilson again. Yep. And it's kind of wild. It's wild. I was really hoping that the Jets would somehow survive enough to actually make the playoffs so that when Aaron Rodgers comes back, we can actually see the full team, see the team, yeah. how it was meant to be. Maybe make a run or something. It would have been if fun. They made a, dude, if they made a run, that would have been amazing. I would have loved that. But it looks like it's over. Um, our predictions on the week, by the way, you said Falcons 2013, I said Jets 23-17. Turns out uh, you are right, but we were both pretty off about the score. Um, as you yeah. said, Tim Boyle got released off for, after a miserable performance, pulling in a 22.2 QBR with 1425 completions, uh, 148 yards and a pick. Really rough, um, just mm-hmm. miserable performance, you know. Trevor Simeon came in and uh, fumbled the ball three times. It was just a fucking mess. And then, like, yeah, the Falcons the just pretty much four killed. Too. Kyle Pitts had nine points. Wow. What? He's just so dominant, bro. Right, Kyle Pitts? Yeah. I mean, he is the best tight end. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, like, I don't think Kyle Pitts is the issue. Let me say that. No, this is the quarterback play. Yeah. And the offense, like, game plans. Bro, imagine if Kyle Pitts had a quarterback that was just as good as, like, Kenny Pickett. Anyone, really. Anyone. Jared Goff. Joshua Dobbs. Baker Mayfield. As much as I hate to say it. Yeah. You know, it... It's unfortunate because I think a, I, I truly believe a great talent is going to waste on that offense. Yeah. And not just going to waste like, oh, he's never going to win a Super Bowl or he's never going to win a playoff game. Not not that type of waste, but like actual just like Calvin Johnson is still going to get into the Hall of Fame even though he won, never won a playoff game. Larry Fitzgerald is still going to get into the Hall of Fame even though he never won a Super Bowl. Kyle Pitts, at this rate, will never even. And coming out of the draft, that was the projection of it. Because he was hell talented. He was a wide receiver that was basically, that was a tight end. Mm -hmm. And you hate to see it, right? it's, It's one thing if a player is just bad on a team, but it's completely different to see a exciting talented player just get wasted by the team they're on squandered and and that's the story of his career so far with the falcons you know, disturbing it's sad honestly sad so with that being said what's the price for kyle pitts if you're an nfl gm right now it's pretty low man like the Falcons have so? no no right asking for a bag and a half and some potato chips, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like, 
you could probably get him for probably a fourth round, maybe as high as a third, but it's not going to be a lot. It's going to be pretty cheap. So if a, if I was a GM and I needed tight end and I wanted someone like Kyle Pitts, I'd be willing to pay for it. Maybe someone like the Patriots to have another offensive weapon. <laughs> someone like the Jets potentially could use him. The Jets would be a lovely fit. Um, let's see, who else? The Rams. The Rams would be pretty good. Uh, the Seahawks, because I'm not a big fan of Noah Font. And there might. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing him there. Like, I, Offensive scheme-wise, there's just so many better places for Kyle Pitts than, than the Falcons that have a better scheme and the commanders and a better quarterback. The commanders would be great. I think he'd do very well with Sam Howell. Yeah, me too. That'd be insane. With, with Terry McLaurin too. Scary Terry. And Johan Dawson too. Yeah. That'd like, be who crazy. need cover on those plays because he could go to any of them. Or if they're all all covered, Sam Howell has the leg and the athletic ability to to scramble for the first down. He does. So, and right now they don't have that. You know, they just have some, uh, they don't have that tight end, essentially. So if they got Kyle Pitts, that'd be fabulous. Do you think he gets traded? That, mm, this he option? should, but he won't. Okay, so let me ask you then, what do you think his price tag is? I think it realistically is about a third or a fourth, a late third, early fourth. But I think that the asking price is a mid to low first, mid second to low first. That's fair. You got to try to get as much as you can. Yeah, and I don't think they'll let him go for anything less. Contract disputes are going to start coming up, which might play into his favor for getting out of there earlier. But they also might, if they don't make the playoffs, they should have a pretty good pick, and maybe they can get a guy like a Bo Nix. They could use another quarterback because they they gave Desmond Ritter the opportunity. He's actually yeah. performed. Like, he's a... Yeah. I think he has a good arm and, you know, good leg. He's shown flashes. It's just some of his... He's not consistently making good decisions with the ball and placing it where it needs to be. Right? He He sometimes looks just way too rushed in the pocket, and that just causes mayhem. So. Yeah, I mean, like, you can blame offensive line play for how the Falcons are playing right now. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know, they just won a game. But, like, I think it is Desmond Ritter. I don't think he falls on the offensive line. I don't think it's, I don't know, man. When I'm watching those, like, plays and when I'm watching the game live, I'm like, Desmond Ritter has time. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he's not making good reads. He's just not making the best reads. And that's what you need to do in the NFL. You need to understand what defense you're getting into and what read is the best in the matchups. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, speaking of which, that leads us into our next game of the week, which is uh, Cardinal Steelers. Um, 
This game was a trog to sit through, but Kenny Pickett is supposedly out for the year, so that's great. I saw that. Sad news, sad news. Um, Najee Harris is staying pretty consistent. Um, it seems like uh, they were just trying to piss him off when they said uh, Jalen Ward is the starting back because ever since <laughs> they said that, Najee has had more touches. He has improved dramatically since then. I mean, he just grinds the ball. George George Pickens was looking informed. Deontay Johnson looked okay. But, I mean, just like overall, the Steelers' offense is looking better, but it's just like with Kenny going down and – they're just not able to finish off drives right now. It's just that's the issue right now. But it's tolerable to watch. Um, the Cardinals went ahead and themselves a field day. Kyler Murray, 145 yards through the air and touchdown. James Conner trucked through the Steelers, 105 yards, two TDs. Trey McBride accounting for nearly 70, 70% of Kyler Murray's yards on the day. Big hauls. Um, were you surprised? Yeah, fuck yeah, I was, man. Yes. Oh, it was so funny. You know, TJ Watt also made a statement after the game about the NFL, uh, knowing how it's unfair, how he's being held. Yeah, I did see that. Um, interesting. But for me, right, I'm... I'm happy the Cardinals won from a pure, purely selfish standpoint because that just helps the Pages get a better draft pick. That's fair. Kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Whatever helps them get a better draft pick, I'm all for. At this point, uh, where do where do you see the Steelers rest of the season with Mitch Trubisky at the helm? I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> Depression? Actually, is that what we're saying? I don't know. Mr. Risky wasn't horrible. He had the only touchdown the Steelers had on the day. He didn't make some duck throws. I mean, like, you know, there's a chance. I don't think it's great, but I do think that there's a realistic chance. I'd say about 35% chance they make the playoffs. So, was Kenny's injury again? Um, they are saying it is a sprain. I think it's high ankle, which would be three to four weeks or three to five weeks. Okay, so similar injury to um, Trevor Lawrence. Then tough loss for he. For sure. He did have surgery, and he's not getting placed on IR after it. So, about that three to five week period is correct to be assuming. That's good news then. The hitting I put on IR, at least. Yeah. It makes life a little bit easier, for sure. Because that means he can still come back in time for the playoffs, too, as well. If they are able to stay alive for that long? I think they will. They should be okay for that long. At least. We'll see. But he is their best chance to go anywhere in the playoffs, I think. I don't think... I think Mr. Bisky is a fine backup. Mm-hmm. But nothing you can rely on. You think this is they're really looking to Najee? I think I think Najee's the difference maker. Both of them, you know, Najee and Jalen Warren. I think. Yeah, he's got to lean heavy. I mean, dumb, dumb balls. Yeah, like 
you turn to Najee and Jalen and you're like, it's in your guys' hands if we make the playoffs or not. And that's it. You know, right. if they if they get the looks and if they're able to tote the rock, you know, make it so they can't say no to running the ball. That's fair. Hey, we got offensive playmakers or we got offensive coordinators, offensive coaches now that will adjust to what they need to do. That's why we're seeing success from the Steelers later in games. What about the Cardinals? Where do you see their future at? I think they got lucky. Oh, I would agree. You, you know, like, James Conner had a monster day. Um, I don't think that this is a consistent performance for them. You know, I could see them getting to five wins, but, you know, like, not necessarily worth anything. Nothing worth a damn. I think Kyler's fighting for his starting job. Trey McBride balled out again. Yeah, he's been playing really well. Day receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Like, mm-hmm. Do you put him up there and then, like, the top 10 tight end rankings? You have to at this juncture. Like, he's how just high, playing so well. How high would you put him, though? About seven or eight. Just based off I- performance. He has been balling out, though, too. Yeah, so they, he's been extremely efficient. Let's see. 56 receptions, 74 targets, 610 yards, and then two touchdowns. This game. Or this, this year. Kyler hasn't been great, though, either uh, with the Cardinals, but he's gotten them two wins as a starting quarterback. He has. And that's what we were talking about. Those, yeah, and those wins matter. So, hey, you know, we were talking about what does Kyler need to do. I said he needs to just win games. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, because I believe you said that it doesn't matter how he plays as long as they win. Yep, exactly. You know, like this, this is the type of win where, like, you don't remember Kyler Murray's performance. Because they he didn't have any passing touchdowns. He didn't pass for over 200 yards. But, you know, it's just like they looked to him when they needed to. He got the job done when they needed him to. And then he didn't have any touchdowns because he got the ball down to the red zone and they just handed it off to James Conner and he just could. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> speaking of running backs cooking on the goal line, Colts, Titans. Ding. 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 Zach Moss Ding. did not follow through. Yeah, this game went to overtime. Colts won 31-28. Yep. You're saying Colts 30-20, so very close. I was saying Colts 24-17. So, we weren't too far off. Nope. Will Levis made that really heady play that I liked a lot. Uh, he threw that interception, then ran up, blasted the dude, made him fumble, and then picked up the ball. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was dope. Uh, I'll give him that credit. That, that was a heads-up play. Yeah, that was awesome. But like uh, Derrick Henry, over 100 yards, two TDs. And Tajay Spears almost there, too. Yep, 75 yards, no TDs. He did have four receptions to compensate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, still worth like 12 points. 
not bad for an RB2 going into the game. Like, stat, death chart-wise, RB2, you know. Um, Derrick Henry just had himself a monster day. Um, you know, back in back in old King Henry form. <laughs> worth about twenty seven points. Yeah, worth about twenty seven points. About twenty nine actually. DeAndre, you know, five receptions, seventy five yards and a touchdown. Had a really good day. Will Levis, you know You know, he can't be can't be fumbling. That that's what it comes down to. Um. Yeah, three fumbles on the day. One of them lost. Yeah. Um. You know that that's the difference maker in this game because you know Gardner Minshew went out. He wouldn't have had a three hundred plus yard day if it didn't go to overtime and they didn't just like control the ball for the whole game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like Gardner Minshew was like just dropping bombs on people. I think the deepest pass he threw was like 25 yards. Yeah, no, they did a lot of short dink and dunks this game. Yeah. They didn't do anything crazy. They just short passes, and they were working. Titans didn't really seem like they could stop it. But that did lead to two 100-yard receivers with Michael Pittman. Mm -hmm. 11 receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. So, you know... What? 32 points? Just about, yeah. Pretty much. Alec Pierce, 100 yards, three receptions, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So he's worth another, what, 25 points? Yeah. Just pretty good day all around from their receiving core. Uh, even Kyle Granson and Josh Downs. You know, Josh Downs wasn't great, but, you know, four points is better than nothing. And sometimes <laughs> when we're talking about receivers that are three and four and five on the death chart, that's the risk you're taking, and you know that. Especially when you start him, yeah. And he has that, Josh Downs has that flash potential, so if you do ever put him in your lineup, he has that potential to get you those, you know, the 15 to 20 points in the game. He does. Unlikely, Ish. but the potential is there. Yeah, he's done it a couple times this year. Mm-hmm. As time goes on, I think that he'll be more dominant. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Anything else you want to mention on that game? It was it was a close game. It went to overtime. I like that as a play from Will Levis. Um, I just kind of it kind of went the way I thought it was going to a close game. I wasn't expecting overtime necessarily, but just Gardner Minshew was picking him apart. I was kind of expecting to. I wasn't expecting over 300 yards. Do you think, no matter what happens, AR is the starter next year? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. What? Okay, let me ask you this. What, what would he have had to have done for him not to be, like, the certified starter? There's a chance that Gardner stays the starter. But there's only one thing he has to win. Super Bowl. <laughs> Alright, so yeah. not not taking the Super Bowl into account though, like what what would his stats have to look like for you to be like, okay, there's a chance that he's that he's a starter. Probably three thousand yards on the season. Not projected, but just on the season. Three thousand plus yards, twenty 
27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions type thing with a 66%. Okay. Might hit the yardage, but won't hit the touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Okay. I get it. Yeah, I mean, like, and he'd have to get a playoff win. Right. With that stat one. Yeah, when, when that division so, around, or wild card, wherever they fall. It'd be wild if somehow Garner did lead the Colts. To the Super Bowl? What if he did? It? Yeah. Oh, he would get the Nick Foles treatment. Do you think so? Probably. Because I think it's a little different with Gardner. Gardner, we've always been like, he never got a fair shake. Nick Foles did. Blew it. Came back. Seized his second chance. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew, it wasn't like he blew it. They just had a horrible team around him. And he was injured. And they were able to go get Trevor Lawrence. Like, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is when when you're drafting and you can get Trevor Lawrence. You're taking Trevor Lawrence when he's coming out of college. Best prospect ever. And I I think it's kind of like no matter what he does, though AR is going to be pretty much the, the starter and next year, even though that's not, even though the Colts might not say that, they try they might say something different, like, oh, it's going to be a quarterback competition. When in reality, that there's no competition. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. It's go it's gonna be it'd be one of those unspoken things where AR is the certified starter and Gardner's just there in case of injury. Uh-huh. I think it's kind of what it comes down to. A hundred percent. Yes, ma'am. That leads us into the next game. You predicted Dolphins forty two thirty five. I predicted Dolphins twenty four seventeen. Dolphins ended up winning forty five fifteen. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed in Sam Howell. Me too. Not that it's going to be a much better game than it actually was. Because Sam Howell is 12 of 23 for 127 yards and an interception. And the running game was, was virtually non-existent as well. Uh, Reception-wise, not one was there, but that's because of the quarterback play, but also because of the offense defense schematically. Uh, do you think Sam Howell's are the answer for Washington? I think he's the best option. Do you think they try and draft someone? I think they might, but they shouldn't. Okay. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. You know, like, it's just one of those things where, I don't know, man. Like, you just got to, like, think of how good Sam Howell actually is. And I think Sam Howell is better than that five and seven record that the uh commanders are representing, but four and nine, but yeah. Or excuse me, four and nine. You're, ex- you're excused. Hmm. So I mean, that's that's how I think of it. You know, like I think he's better than four and nine. Yeah. When you just watch him, he's just good. Something I want to ask you back. Mm-hmm. Is it... Should we actually consider Tyreek Hill in the MVP candidate race? Yes. 
I think he has been consistently the best and most important player in the NFL to date this season. Like on the on the season, he has ninety three receptions, one hundred twenty seven targets, fourteen hundred and eighty one yards, and twelve touchdowns. He's projected to have one hundred and eighty targets, one hundred thirty two receptions, twenty one hundred yards, and seventeen touchdowns. So, like, what if he did go over twenty one hundred yards? I think he should be in that MVP conversation. Because, like, at, at that point, like, outside of quarterback, what more do you need to do as a as a skill position player? I mean, if he's not even a finalist with these with this stat line come year's end, what what more do you want? What more can you expect? What does a player hey, Cooper do Cup? You know what finalist when he got two thousand yards? I don't think so. Or no, he didn't even do it. He didn't even do it in the regular season, did he? Let me check. Yeah, he would, Tyreek is on pace to be the first wide receiver to ever do it. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, if he does it, like, but he did receive a vote, and yeah. he was the first wide receiver in more than two decades to do that. So, and and if Tyreek does this in a regular season, you know, and he's on track. Because he would just I, I be think you have to. I think he would just be to. shattering the single season receiving yard record. Yeah. Like, so it's like I, I think you have to at this point, like at least have him in that conversation to be a finalist, if not win the whole thing. Because at this pace, like he could potentially have two hundred more yards than Cooper Cup did. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's so like do you put him as a number one? No. MVP? I wouldn't bet on it. Do I think he should be? Probably. With these numbers, yeah. (laughs) He's balling out. I mean, it's just like, he, every time he gets the ball, it's lethal. Yeah, he's so quick and agile. It's like watching Antonio Brown, but if Antonio Brown could run a 4-2-40. And it was still playing. Yeah, obviously. I, I said Antonio Brown because of the shiftiness, the quick release, the route, the route ability, you know, the catchability, you know, like all those logistic things. When you're watching a player, like it's like Tyreek is like Antonio Brown with how he's getting to routes and shit, but then he has that speed afterwards. Brown was fast, but not this fucking fast. No, no one has been this <laughs> this fast. Though are there. He's just gone, bro. He is someone I'd probably put at number one or two. Probably number two. In your first opinion or in your betting books? In my first opinion. Yeah. In my betting, he's probably like third or fourth. Yeah, I'm thinking fifth, actually. Um, Because real life, I think he's not going to be top three. I think they mentioned him. They're like, okay, Tyreek, here's your mention. Yeah, here's your honorable mention. Yeah, kind of what happens if next year he comes back and then breaks it again? I mean, <laughs> that would be his last season. <laughs> yeah. If he holds, he says like, that he wants. I don't know, man, because 
he seems pretty adamant to just become a streamer and he's already like even if he when he leaves he's gonna have hella endorsements and deals and sponsorships and everything like that to make plenty of money to still have a comfortable living so I would not be surprised if he decides to leave football for sure after after next year so let's say that he doesn't have an insane season next year but still a really good one around 1700 yards 10 touchdowns on say do you think he gets into the hall I think he would deserve to I think so too he has a stats to back it up he's got the Super Bowl ones he's got two the Super Bowl blends with the with the stats. I I think he does, and I think he's the first ballot. Yeah, I think he's got the highlights too. You know, mm-hmm. he he passes the eye test. You know, you can put on a like twenty minute reel of his highlights and be like, wow. Imagine if he didn't retire at thirty, but not like in the same way of Andrew Luck, like in a proven way. Mm-hmm. And so. and and that's one of the things I look for. And the Hall of Fame voting, so. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Speaking of MVP candidates, Denver Broncos at Houston, Texas. Ah, yes. The interception to end the game from Walter Wilson. Love that. That's poetry, isn't it? You see, you see CJ Stroud got, got that dog in him? That Bronco defensive end started to fuck with him. He's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he didn't back down. And then, like, three or four of his offensive linemen came over yeah. and really shoved him away. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. I did too. I like that. It, it was cool to see. It was, was. It was. But for, like, the Houston receiving, no one of note besides really Nico Collins with nine receptions, 191 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, uh, thirty nine fantasy points right there. That was just Dumb. sitting. It that was just sitting on my bench. You love to see it. Yeah, I totally forgot, but that's fine. Uh, Damian Pierce finally came back. Fifteen carries, forty one yards, and a touchdown. Nothing great, but he had a touchdown, which saved his fantasy day. And uh, CJ Stroud. 16 of 27, 274, and a touchdown. Not looking great, but played well enough, I think, to for the Texans to win. Yep. And, exactly. I mean, that's all you really want, especially from a rookie quarterback. You know, just put you in a position. Don't make costly fumbles. Exactly. Exceptions, you know. Don't let the ball get away from you. Yeah, you're you're thinking that the Texans were gonna win thirty one twenty one. I was thinking Broncos twenty four twenty. Obviously mm-hmm. final score was twenty two seventeen. Um yeah. Not a big offensive game, even though like there was a good amount of points on the board. Um fantasy wise, moving forward, I still start, you know, Texans wide receivers and flex. If I have any. I think all three of them are just auto starts at this juncture. Okay, so, damn, who, what, what's the pecking order for you? Like the most confident, the least confident. Nico Tank Noah. Yeah. 
no Brown was had a like a three game stretch where he's just balling out for like twenty some points. He's injured right now. Yeah. So he still could come back and just be dominant. When and Luke I Brown think it's the flex game. by the way. Yeah, but he was he's coming off injury. You know, yeah. he was limited in practice all week. He he's just been an exciting development for the Texas for me. He's been fun to watch. Like I said earlier, he he was exploding for a three game stretch there before he got injured, which was really fun to see, and I love to see it. Yeah, once he gets back to one hundred percent, I'm excited to see him perform well again because he will. Do you think the the Broncos are gonna kind of stagnate after this loss, or do you think they're just gonna keep moving up and get a few more wins? I mean, the division's in their grasp. Yeah. You know, like, who knows? So you, think I guess could, it matters how they come back. You think they could finish first? They could, mathematically. If the Chiefs keep losing, especially to teams like the Packers. Yeah, because the Chiefs have, what, like four losses, right? Yep. Three more losses for the Chiefs, three more for the Broncos. Ooh. Mathematically, they do be in it with five games left. Yeah. So. And they, here's their remaining matchups, by the way. They got Chargers, Lions, mm-hmm. Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. They already have one win over the Chiefs and one loss. Soon. What do you think they go, they go to the remaining schedule? I don't know. The, and I don't know what to think with this Broncos team. They're confusing. Oh, man. They're very because, like, confusing. When, when they lost by 50, everyone just immediately wrote them off, including myself. Yeah. And <laughs> since then, they have been a very, very good football team. Yeah. Because on the other side, you know, Chiefs are playing the Bills. Mm-hmm. Patriots. Then Raiders. Bengals and Chargers. It's a little bit harder. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible for the Chiefs to lose three of those games. I wouldn't be surprised. Imagine the imagine a world where the Chiefs miss the playoffs. I can't picture it. Russell Wilson might let it happen. Let's ride. I I can't picture that. I don't I don't know what I would do if that was a thing. Let's ride. No, right, let's, let's go Chiefs. The show, bro. What's up? Bandwagon. Chiefs. So we both I, predicted the Bucks to win I this game. Bucks 24 7 was your prediction. Bucks 17 10 was mine. Final score Bucks 21 18. Okay. Yeah, way closer. Um, the the lone bright spot that came out of this is that I'm probably still going to win my bet with Ben mm-hmm. regarding Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. not having more than 30 touchdowns on the season. And he yeah. currently has 18. So I'm chilling. But yeah, on that, I, I, wish, I wish Tampa Bay and my heart of hearts lost because I hate Baker. But Three touchdowns a game over the next five games, bro. Not going to happen. 
He's not that good. They could, but they won't. Let's not lie to ourselves now, okay? Mm. Let's not lie to ourselves. Mm. Let's not lie. Mm. <laughs> 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 it'd be crazy, though. I don't think so, but it'd be crazy. It would be crazy. It'd be one hell of a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but un- very unlikely. What do you think the Bucks do? Because Baker's played all right. He hasn't. Baker's a bridge guy. Do you think they're drafting you know, on this offseason? This draft? This season or next season? You know, they're going to get their guy. That's the thing with them. You know, they're going to get their guy. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because he had like 14 to 29, 202 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So it wasn't super efficient with the ball. Had a 25 QBR. Again, not great. But then what kind of saved it was the rushing side of the ball. Rashad White, 20 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. And then Chris Godwin had that 19-yard carry for another touchdown. So if you started Rashad White, you're super happy because you got like 18 points right there. And then... Chris Godwin, if you started him, you're kind of upset because he got no receiving work. <laughs> yeah, bro. Even though he had three targets and then Mike Evans, 12 targets. Mike Evans, so. Baller. You just know, bro. One of the best fantasy wide receivers to have because he's so consistent. Guaranteed. Year in, year out. You're getting guaranteed points, especially through the, his age year. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Bam. Yeah, because he had seven seven receptions, 162 yards, and a touchdown. This fact. And redraft. Probably Mike Evans. So you're saying Mike Evans is a first-round wide receiver? <laughs> yeah, because if I'm drafting drafting at the back end of the first round, it's very possible Keenan Allen gets taken, so. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, I'm very happy to draft Mike Mike Evans. Um, if you're at the back end of the first round, and they're both and Keenan Allen's on there, you got to pass up Keenan Allen to take up Mike Evans. Man, that's a tough one because it really just comes down to whose offense you like better. Because Keenan Allen, I think, has the better potential on that offense, the Chargers' offense, with a better quarterback. And and Mike Evans has the complete opposite. He has the worst quarterback, the worst situation. But he's still doing it. But Mike Evans, I think, is a little bit more consistent. I and, do. And this year, for example, let's see, regular season-wise, Keenan Allen, 102 targets and 102 receptions for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. So pretty good. Very good, actually, I would say, through this far. Mm-hmm. And then with Mike Evans, you have... Okay, why is it doing that? 61 receptions, 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So, like, 30-some less receptions, but only 100 less yards. I think probably Mike Evans is what I would lean. Yeah. Probably go with. Yeah, I can feel that. Uh, I mean, he's not going to get as much opportunity as Keenan Allen is, but he makes the most of that opportunity. I would say. 
What about you? Um, I take Keenan Allen still, but I think that Mike Evans is still a valuable first round pick if Keenan Allen's off the board. And Justin Jefferson. Of course. I mean, if you're taking anyone over Justin Jefferson, that wide receiver. You're insane. You're a crackhead. Certified. All right. Legitimate <laughs> crackhead. <laughs> so. Oh, that, that leads us into our next game, which uh, leads us into another wide receiver or two, which could be getting first-round praises coming into the next season. Puka, Cooper Cup, and Cleveland Browns at Los Angeles Rams. You predicted Rams 21-13. I predicted 30-24 Browns. It was Rams 36. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's go Rams. Kind of Joe really Flacco was not the answer. I mean, he played all right, but... He wasn't horrible. He wasn't great. But he wasn't horrible. Yeah. I don't think he was necessarily the reason they lost either. You let 36 points up, up on defense, you know, like, you're going to lose a lot of games. It's, it's very hard to win games, but yeah, when you let up those kind of points. And Matthew Stafford didn't play fantastic either. He just didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he had three touchdowns, almost 300 yards on the day. He played pretty fucking good. Yeah, but 22 to 37. So from like sure. that standpoint, he wasn't fantastic in 279 mm-hmm. yards. But also, Jill Flacco almost had 300 yards and almost three touchdowns. So he played pretty damn good, too. Yeah, almost almost three touchdowns is different than three touchdowns. And he had a pick. Yeah, so? <laughs> and he was sacked twice. Okay, I wasn't going to go that far with it. Come on, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no. And Matthew Stafford rushed for minus two yards, bro. Minus two yards. That's 277 yards now on the day. Damn. Uh, the, the Rams were just saying... <laughs> The Rams were just in control of the game the whole time. I don't think there's really any threat of the Browns. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Kareem Hunt looks solid. Um, Not much to write home about, honestly. It's a solid game. Rams blow them out. Um, Puka is keeping up a really well-routed season. Four receptions, 105 yards, and touchdown. Cooper Cup, six receptions, 390 yards, and touchdown. Marcus Robinson having quite but good game, four receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. So, you know, good 15, 16-point week, solid. As for that, I mean, that was kind of my Rams wrap-up. There wasn't much to talk about. Browns are in a tough spot with their division now. Helped that the Steelers lost, but the AFC North is starting to loosen up, and maybe none of the teams make the playoffs from there now. It's possible. The Ravens. Like, it's, it's hard, especially in the fourth quarter, to win a game when you let up 16 points. Uh-huh. 100%. That shit is as difficult. It's not easy. And the Browns were down 20 to 19 at that point. And then they just scored 1,600 points. And they're like, oh, I don't know why we didn't win. Well, when there's a very clear reason why you just guys fell apart in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. Like, when that happens, fell like, you, just, you don't deserve to win. Yeah. You didn't want it more. It's like they just down the stretch forgot how to play defense. <laughs> um, because even though I think the Rams controlled the game the whole time, this is really that, that fourth quarter where the Browns could have got stops and they didn't. 
they didn't make those plays when they needed to. And it's almost like they just forgot what to do and were confused. Yeah. That's the whole time. That was kind of my interpretation of it. Hey, I was getting on the same page with you. Like, I don't know. It just seems like the Browns are lost and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They got the utility to make a run still. I think so. You know, they got Mari Cooper. They got David Njoku. They got Kareem Hunt. They got Jerome Ford. They got weapons. Yeah. They got Elijah Moore. You know, like, they got a good offensive line. They got a good, great defense. You know, they can make it happen. Um, it's just a matter if they want to or not. Right. But that being said, a team that wanted it more than the other, San Francisco 49ers, go to Philly and hand the Eagles their ass. 49ers, 42-19. I predicted the Eagles 31-17. You predicted 49ers 35-31. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, was I didn't post at all. I don't think it was going to be an ass whooping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. You know, it was kind of funny before the, it was like after the game, a bunch of stories came out about how the 49ers were basically smack talking and said that they should have been in the NFC title game because they didn't have their quarterback and all this. And then mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they would have been the representatives. Maybe they were onto something. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're onto something with that logic. But ultimately, obviously, we'll never know because we can't go back in time like that or anything like that. But I think the best thing... Unless it happens again. Mm -hmm. That's true. But I think the best team won the game. Uh, Me too. Philly looked confused. They couldn't get comfortable. Yeah. They couldn't get the run game going, which I think was the biggest thing for them. Yeah, and this loss makes it kind of scary for Philly because now the Cowboys are breathing down their neck. Yeah, one game. Mm-hmm. And I think they play each other one more time this year. And I think this is yep. very this week. Very telling for the, the Eagles and kind of knocks them down a pedestal. You know, because a lot of people, I think, recognize them as the far and away best team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But I think this game kind of proves that they weren't. Right. You know, and so I think the 49ers are started off very hot, went into that little slump there for three three games, and then they're climbing back out of that slump. I think there's going to be as dominant as ever. Right, and it's coming at the perfect time because the playoffs are right, right around the corner. Yeah. So I'm expecting... Yeah, you know, I lost faith in the 49ers, but now it's back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, rightfully so, because they played like shit for three games in a row and lost all three of them. Yeah, you know, like... you know, And, and they're finally climbing back into that form that we're used to seeing. And the Brock Purdy is playing good. Their offensive line is playing better. Their defensive line, their linebackers, their cornerbacks, everyone's playing better. Yeah. And CMC is just doing CMC things as per usual. Yeah. He's a solid, amazing player. Like, he's someone that you always put in your fantasy lineup no matter who they're playing. 
Yeah. And if, you, if you're not playing He was like him, that in Carolina. Yeah, and, and if you're not playing him because of playing a tough defense or whatever, then you should rethink your choices and play him. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should. Because he's an auto lock, in my opinion. You know, like... I agree. I don't think it matters because matters who they're playing there. He's going to get the work. He's going to get the touches. I think he's one of the only true auto locks in the NFL right now. Yeah, there's very few, and he's one of them. I think he's a true RB1 auto lock. No matter what, he's RB1. Mm-hmm. You know, like Justin Jefferson's like that. Keenan Allen's like that. Mike Evans might be a, even like that. I might argue Tyreek Jonathan Hill. Taylor. Tyreek Hill, definitely. Jonathan Taylor's up there. Najee mm-hmm. Harris should be, but he's not. Not yet, at least. Um, not yet. Yeah, it's like all those players, like no matter what the game script is, the offense has almost run through them. No, so like they're always like the first read, they get the most work, which then leads to those fantasy points. Yeah. So you know, I get it. DeAndre Swift, how do you feel about him moving forward? I feel good. Didn't have a good game. No, I don't. Six carries, 13 yards. But, I mean, I kind of think he's over the season. He's proved his worth, which is more than ever was with the Lions. Right. So I think he's a comfortable RB2. That's fair. Kind of where I put him at. Um, He's productive most weeks. Definitely not any, definitely not an auto lock by any means, but. He's a comfortable start most weeks. And I like his talent. I like his potential. And I like his uses with the Eagles. 100%. Kind of where I'm at. So, a running back that I think is getting just as much praise as he deserves, Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs, although they did not win the game, final score being 27-19. I predicted that the Packers were going to win 28-17. So very close, barely off. And you predicted 27-24. Yes. Patrick Wallums had a mediocre day. Pacheco, as I said, 110 yards on the ground, touchdown, and three receptions. Solid. And Rasheed Rice, do you think he is a good enough receiver right now? to remain at wide receiver two? I think potentially. But there's no no one consistent outside of Kelsey. I, I think he has the highest chance outside of him. That's right. Um, because Sky Moore, great talent. MVS, good. Jose Pacheco, good. Richie James. You know, they all still get their work. And Richie Rice had the most targets out of nine with nine and then had eight receptions for 64 yards. So like, I would yeah. love for him to be that, that go-to guy for the receivers, but I, I don't think he's quite there yet. I think they're still trying to figure out what to do. And that's, what's really hurting the chiefs right now. And it is to me, the biggest reason why they're in four. I agree. It seems like they, don't truly have an identity in their past game other than getting the ball to Kelsey. 
Yeah, at least before it was Kelsey or Tyreek. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now it's just Kelsey and maybe someone else. Yeah. You know, so it's like if you take Kelsey out the game or limit his damage, you really control the game. You know, you're swinging it in your favor, as especially as a defense, because the the Chiefs' offense is is no longer a threat. One hundred percent. Jordan Love wouldn't have himself a field day. Two hundred sixty-seven yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He got sacked twice, but we'll look past that because he had two carries on 10, 10 yards as well. Uh, Romeo Dobbs had a solid game. Christian Watson explosive this matchup. Uh, he was worth like. 25 points. AJ Dillon was solid on the ground. Worthy flex start as per usual where he's at. Um, yeah. Do you think Jordan Love has came back? I think he's on his way. Um, yep. And he might even be the answer for the Packers. Just had a rough start, which is possible, and I think is expected when you're taking over a program you know not not everyone's gonna come right out the gate being hot you know you're gonna have your up and down as a first year starter so I think this is just like a learning year for Jordan Love and we really see what type of quarterback he is next year so for reference in his last five games he's been worth 1,374 passing yards. He has uh, 12 or 11 touchdowns, two picks. And he's also only been sacked 10 times in the last five games. But he's on the Packers, so. If he was playing like this for the full season, he'd be on pace for like 4,500-plus yards. Yeah, then people want to be talking. I honestly think, you know, he has came back, even if the Packers do miss the playoffs this year. Um, I do honestly think that he's proven himself to be, you know, back. Where would you rank him among 12. the quarterbacks right now? 12 or 11. So... Do you think he is the answer for the Packers? Yeah. I think at this juncture, you stick with him. You ride it. Oh, yeah. I mean... You're not you're not getting a quarterback you, this year. Yeah, you definitely don't draft one. You have to let him ride at least another year. Mm-hmm. He's, He's earned that right. He's earned it. Yep. Now, do you think they make the so, playoffs? No. They need a lot to happen for him to make the playoffs, so... They could, and if they did, I think they'd make a splash, honestly. I mean, they got the offensive weapons to do that, so yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. they do. They would make one hell of a splash. That's for sure. Their defense is really good. That's what I like about them. They've been playing a lot better, too, as well, mm-hmm. on defense side of ball. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. Leading us into our final game of the week, there's no defense to be found. Two backup quarterbacks after a tragic Trevor Lawrence injury. 34-31, Cincinnati Bengals. 
the AFC South leaders, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm pretty sure I said that the Jags were going to win this game. I said Jags too. But Jake Browning, Although, damn, did he play amazing. Hey, I did predict that the Jags would score 31 points. Hey, there you go. Got half of it, right? I predicted 31-17. <laughs> Got half. Yep. But, but like, So counts for something. That does count for a point. Jake Browning, 32 of 37, 354 yards and a touchdown. Goddamn. Was he yeah. good? <laughs> he was and solid. Then, and then another touchdown. Does he take over for Joe Burr? No, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's not even entertained. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he may get a little slight pay bump uh, for backup quarterback duties. <laughs> yeah. But Joe Burrow would have to retire for, for Browning to be the quarterback full-time. What if he goes and wins the Bengals the Super Bowl, though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, then he might be talking some. <laughs> then it might be a little more convincing. <laughs> yeah. But at this juncture, though, obviously. Yeah, say, as of right now, no chance. Um, I guess in theory it's possible because nothing's ever zero, right? Yeah. So it's but possible. it's as close as it can be. Yeah. Um, but even if they do make the Super Bowl or win it, right? For that matter, I, I think Burrow's probably you got still Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, because someone's going to try and snipe Jake Browning. Yeah, potentially. But he played a fantastic game. Like, he did. He could not play a better game than he played. He doesn't have a lot of touchdown yeah. passes for as many yards as he had. If Lawrence doesn't go down, do the Jags win this game? 50-50. 50-50. Kind of where I'd put it. 50-50. He was on pace to have over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. But on pace doesn't mean in reality. You know? True. So it's like, that. that's why I say 50-50. Because their odds go up a lot higher with Trevor Lawrence to win the game. Yeah. Whereas as soon as they went down, I was like, oh, they probably got like a 20% chance to win. Yeah. You know? Um, so because of his injury, it went down a lot. But with Trevor Lawrence, I think it is 50-50 because Jake Browning was playing so good. Right. And that all was just rolling. And they were, and the Jags defense didn't look like they could stop it. You know, so it's like they could, they very well could have won one. I don't know how likely it would have been. What about you? Yeah. I think the Jags would have won. I think they just would have. I think it was like 75 25 mm-hmm. in favor of the Jags. I get the argument. You know, um, Jamar Chase had a field day. Joe Mixon was he good on fantasy. Um, Travis Etienne had a solid day. Um, you, you usually like to see him have more because of how premier he's been this season, but right. he had just an average game. Um, Evan Ingram came out of nowhere, had a really good game, and those are pretty much the circle points that I wanted to point out. Yeah. Thank you, Evan Ingram, because I started him in my league. <laughs> yep. Evan Ingram was a stud this week. He he's been pretty good. 
as if you started him most weeks, right? Like he'll you usually get you like eight ten eight to ten points. Yeah. Per game. Which isn't too horrible either. Right. I don't know, man. Man, I don't know. Do you think the Jags are losing it? Well, Trevor Lawrence apparently has the high ankle sprain. Yeah. Supposedly, so. Yeah, it could be the downfall for the Jags. Yeah. Which will then lead to the Texans winning the division. They just slip on in there. No, literally, yeah. That's what's about to happen. Because now they got the Browns, Ravens, Bucks, Panthers, and Titans. Mm-hmm. I could see two of those games being win and bowl. And without Trevor Lawrence, they're gonna not they're not gonna be the favorites in those games and their chance of winning goes drastically goes down drastically. I hundred percent agree. I wouldn't be surprised they'd lose out. They could. That'd be wild. Because I don't... I mean, CJ Beathard is, is not that good. That's true. So, like, maybe they have someone like a Drake Browning that was just efficient. But, I mean, some may say CJ Beathard was efficient in this in this game, but I don't know. I don't I don't think they stand a chance in most games that they have left on the schedule. I think they get lucky to win two games. I feel that. Which that's kind of where I'm at. Which means they still probably lose the divisions. Yeah, I think so too. Especially with the way the Texans are rolling. The Texans are hot. And I think that they can make waves. Mm-hmm. They will. Yeah, they're tough. I think at least. So well, I'm excited to watch this coming week. But we'll talk Anything about you want to wrap up on? Yeah. Uh, chat say anything? Oh, uh, let's still check. Couch man, couch cam, couch cam. <laughs> That's true. Couch cam is true. We love the couch cam. Couch cam is wild. <laughs> All right. Well, Austin, how about you set us off? No, you got this. Um, but I did have one last question. Did you have like a surprise performance of the week? Yeah, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. So he... I was really surprised, and it improved. It proved it was a prove it game for me. Okay, like this. This was a true prove it game. It wasn't like a prove it game where, like, you know, when I'm talking about like Zach Wilson, I'm saying this is a prove it game, so he keeps his starting job. Right. This was a prove it game to see if he was real, mm-hmm. and he proved it. He won in a dominant fashion. It was because of him that the pack against a against a good team, against a great team. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I get it. I get it. Yep. All right, Shane. Why don't you go ahead and sound this off? All right. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow me on twitch.tv slash information. Don't forget to check our YouTube channel, The Whole Nine, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, we're at. And with that, I hope you have a great night. Bye. Bye. Yeah.